0: Okay, Andre, if you ever want a trade out of New York to Pittsburgh, hit me up. I will drive you myself. Welcome to Where's My Stick. If you're new, welcome back. If you aren't, I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. All right. So... (laughs) Me and Christy were talking about this before we recorded. We have a ton to talk about. Like, this is insane. Basically, our last episode is probably like null and void. That's how much (laughs) happened since we last um, recorded. So jumping right in, let's start with women's hockey. So if you don't know, we're not going to go into too much detail about women's What happened, but we will have our links to articles that explain everything. But just to recap Barstool CEO Erica Nicardi uh, posted a video targeting, like specifically targeting women's hockey journalists. And I mean, obviously, I, I think the gist of this started because, you know, Barstool said something about the NWHL bubble hockey. And, you know, fans rightly so were like yeah like don't support barstool (laughs) they're one of the worst (laughs) organizations to like around in hockey like in sports but specifically in hockey and of course as they always do barstool turns and plays the victim after posting this video where they specifically target a lot of women's hockey journalists and when they target these women all of their just like shit fan base harassed these women so soroya tinker who we talked about last episode on the metropolitan metropolitan riveters she tweeted she quote tweeted the video and said we as a league do not want any support from an openly racist platform point blank period. If you as the CEO cannot recognize that your platform promotes that of white supremacy and only other further divides the athletic community, perhaps we need to have a conversation. Please keep your money. And once she tweeted that out, we saw some of her teammates on the riveters um, feel like feel comfortable enough like quote tweeting her, and one specifically was Rebe- Rebecca Ramos. Um, She quote tweeted Tinker's tweet. And then the NWHL issued a statement. It was somewhat lacking. Um, I will paraphrase this, but it said. uh, On behalf of the NWHL, I would like to respond to the video posted last night on social media about the NWHL, the investment, fan engagement, and coverage, as commissioner, my top priority is to protect, promote, and reinforce the values of the NWHL and its players. Um, first and foremost, we want to remain inclusive and empowering to women. Um, there is no circumstance where it would be acceptable to call out many of the reporters, staff, members, and fans who have given so much to women's hockey, especially knowing that these people could be targeted or harassed on social media. Um, Then she goes on to say in the statement, like every professional sports league, the NWHL has a formal application and review process for prospective owners. She goes on to say, in this world of social media, I'm concerned about the impact of the video and the aftermath of it on our members of the NWHL family. Together, we will do everything we can to work through it with an open communication and transparency. Um, That last part was put in because surprise surprise when Tinker tweet quote tweeted that she got so much hate I it literally is disgusting but it's classic Barstool right like all of the the white supremacists and the misogynistic <laughs> people that follow Barstool harass Tinker and um once that the league's statement came out um, all of Barstool tried to play it as like oh everything like woe is us like everyone's being mean to us when it's like what no what are you even talking about and like instead of addressing some of the stuff that like people say about them like the racism and the um, misogynistic comments that they themselves put out and their fans they just completely turn and just play the victim and then make hoodies and like <laughs> t-shirts and sweatshirts so that they can make money pwha um a lot of their players supported that and like were coming on social media like liking tweets and like put a posting on their instagram and even um the Revit- the riveters director of hockey operations um Supported Nicardi on Instagram and one of Tinker's teammates, Kelly Babstock, um, who appeared on Nicardi's podcast, liked um, some Barstool tweets about it and liking tweets about them harassing her teammate, (laughs) which was one thing that I thought was just out of control.
1: You just love to see it, honestly.
0: Um... I mean, like what a fucking shit show
1: yeah the NWHL has just been such a mess lately yeah it and just just to not even get into like the mess of the NWHL and every in everything that they do my thing with a bar stool or whatever is... If you say that you you're supportive of of women's hockey and you want to see the women like the the game grow for women or whatever, then do that without it being contingent on them kissing your ass all the fucking time. Like if 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 it has to be like oh, well you have to praise us all the time because we're doing so much to help you guys out. Then I don't want your fucking help.
0: Yeah, I mean. Absolutely. And, like, it's so funny for you to say that because, like, isn't that what the NHL does? Like, they only want you to praise them. They don't want you to criticize them or to critique them. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a classic white man motto. (laughs) But even, I mean, obviously, as we saw, white women, too. I don't know. It just shows how, like, hockey as a whole, whether it's the NHL, the NWHL, or the... Oh, that and <laughs> WHL. Yeah. um Or it's pro women's hockey players, professional women's hockey players, whoever hockey in general, just like as a whole does not like as a majority does not want to move forward and they don't want to do better. And mm-hmm. and it's like an internal fight. It's like an internal fight because so- some of the fans, some of the people, some of the players in there want change, but. There's, there's such a strong pushback of that. Like, yeah. look at the Riv- Riveters. Like, the team as a whole can't even come out as a whole and say that because you have players coming out, speaking up on social media, other players, like, actively liking tweets that are attacking one of their teammates. You know, the, the what is it, the hockey operations director is liking some of that stuff. And, like, as a whole, they're just not on the same page. And, like, they're trying to be in the forefront of change. They're trying, but it's not – if it's not cohesive in in a group effort, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just feel so bad for Tinker because she has worked so hard, one, to get to where she is and to be the type of activist that she wants to be in her own sport. And that's Mm -hmm. isolating. That's, like, you know, she's one of, what, three – black women playing in this this bubble Uh.
1: it's like it's like isolating but it's also just like months ago all these women were, were like oh yeah we're gonna amplify like black voices we're gonna hear what you have to say we're gonna stand with you blah 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 and then here soroya is saying like no like we shouldn't align ourselves with like a a historically racist and misogynistic like organization and she's getting so much pushback but it's just like where was that energy when you guys were trying to say that you're going to amplify voices or whatever because in a press release
0: yeah I mean, I would love to see where all those voices are. I mean, what's all that listening and learning done? Again, we always hear like the listening and learning listening always goes learning. out the window when we actually need action.
1: Right. When work needs to be
0: done. Exactly. This news is probably the, the shittiest news, but there's also more news with the end of HL. The Riveters are no longer even in the bubble. Due to an outbreak of COVID-positive players, uh, this happened, I want to say, probably 24 to 48 hours after the whole situation with Barcel happened. Um, and it was like reported continuously that they left the bubble, not because of what happened, but because of the positive COVID cases. And you had a really good question. You were like, "I thought they were in a bubble. How did they get COVID?" <laughs> That's a really good question. I would, I would love to find out.
1: I don't think they were in a, like a complete, complete bubble. I think they mm-hmm. were maybe a partial bubble because I don't think they have like the like the money and the staff yeah. to do it like the NHL did, which kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it it absolutely does. And you think that they were trying to be as careful as possible. But an outbreak occurred, and then just recently, the Connecticut Whalers had to forfeit um, and pull themselves out of the bubble because of an outbreak of COVID on their team. So
1: there's only four teams
0: left so far. (laughs) By the time at at the time of this recording,
1: speed this along and award the winner.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely what they're going to try to do. Um, Hopefully, those the teams that were infected with COVID or that were COVID positive didn't affect the other players because there were literally games going on. Like they were playing games while, you know, so we, you, it it travels very, very fastly. So I hope that they're okay. So with this whole thing, with the whole thing with the NWHL, I myself, I think I'm just going to take a step back from supporting specific NWHL <laughs> teams I'm just going to go the player route I'm supporting obviously Soraya um, forever and um, I'm just going to pick players from different teams to support because <laughs> a team as a whole just I just don't know if I feel like I can trust a whole team yet it,
1: yeah it just seems so messy and just a lot is going on all the all the time and it's just really unfortunate because you want to see a women's league do well and like prosper
0: mm-hmm. but it's just too much it's too much all right so moving on to some more mess we have <laughs> some drama with the rangers now i'm gonna link a an article from blue shirt banter um i think they do a really good job and it's it's free. You don't have to. It's not behind a paywall, so that's one of the best articles that I've seen on this issue. So if you Goodbye. want more details, obviously it'll be in the show notes. Um, but to this, this thing is a conundrum. So the Rangers put D'Angelo on waivers. He clears, but this was after an altercation with uh, Georgiev after um, the OT loss to the Pens. Um, the uh, the Altercation started because of um, a argument over a miscommunication um, that led to the OT goal, um, and it was alleged that Chris Kreider punched D'Angelo and Ke'Andre Miller broke up the fight. So in the article, Blue Shirt Banter, they say that several sources told them that D'Angelo was, um, several sources obviously talked about the altercation, but it went on to say that the sources said that Um, D'Angelo was mistreating Miller and that several players have gone to management about it. And um, people, a lot of people speculated on Twitter, but the fact that, you know, over KeAndre Miller's first goal, uh, he doesn't have a picture. The Rangers didn't tweet out a picture of um, him with his first goal. And it was clearly shown that D'Angelo took the goal from the net that he scored um, against the Sabres. And some were saying that he has that puck. Um, and some, so I like Greg Wyshynski said that, or was told that that was, that's completely false. It's not true. Um, but then Blue Shirt Banter, like, was like, respectfully, we stand by our sources. So- respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> Like, respectfully, that's a lie. So, I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, take what you will from what we said. Uh, again, we'll go into more detail. So, the Rangers finally addressed this. Uh, they met with the media after D'Angelo cleared waivers, and he was put on the taxi squad. Um, they said that against Pittsburgh, that was his last game as a Ranger, and they're actively trying to trade him. But John Davidson, one of his opening remarks um, when he met the media was just wanted to get into a little bit of the misinformation that's going out there regarding D'Angelo and Miller. That is 100% false. There is no truth whatsoever. And several people on Twitter have (laughs) pretty much, I don't want to say refuted that, but in a sense, kind of refuted that statement. Well, Like, what are your thoughts on this, Christy?
1: I just feel like the Rangers handle everything in a really, just not a good way. Like, the fact that, like, whether the thing with Andre is true or not, the fact that, like, that story was out there and then people would be like, yeah, yeah, I totally believe that he would do something like that because Mm -hmm. he's shown us that this is the type of person that he is. Because the only thing that we for sure know happened is that Georgiev and Tony D'Angelo got into an argument and the GM was like, Oh, like if he got into one more thing, that would be that was like his last um straw or whatever. Everything else is not really we don't we don't really have any corroboration on it, but It's just very plausible because Tony D'Angelo seems like a very vindictive kind of person, a person that doesn't take responsibility for his actions and just, like, I 100% believe that this is something that happened and I can believe that people like, said something and then nothing was done because that's kind of the organization that the Rangers are and that's who Tony D'Angelo is So, I'm not surprised I'm just glad that he's not going to be playing for the rangers any anymore.
0: Obviously, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I'm harsher on the rangers than you for sure. I absolutely believe that they're all fucking villains. Let's get that. Let's jot that down right away. They're all fucking villains except for Keandre. I said what I said. I'm allowed to have my own opinion. Let's start with that. I think they're all fucking villains except for Keandre and Like this, this is exactly what I was afraid of when he got, when he got drafted and you just look at this team with like D'Angelo and Lemieux and Adam Fox and just players that are extremely like that have like accounted for instances where they were racist. And this was such a big thing. Like I was just so upset and I, like you said, I can absolutely see how the Rangers would try to hide this and would try to like lie and say, "Oh no, no, that that didn't happen." That like the way they handle things are always they they not always they're they're not the greatest. I mean, you could see that from the way they handled Keandre this summer when someone on the chat was throwing racial slurs at him.
1: Yeah, and it just seems like. They were putting, like, it seemed like they were putting out a lot of conflicting information so that, like, no one could get their story straight. Like, do, yeah. like do was um, Tony D'Angelo a bully or was he not? Did people go and um, stand up for Miller and be like, hey, like, what he's doing is wrong? Or were they, like, low-key bullying him, too? Like, which is mm. it? And yeah it's just very it's just very confusing but i like like you said like i'm i hope keandre is okay <laughs> and that he does have like allies on the team that would actually stick up for him and bring up stuff like if something is going on in management because like he's a he's a rookie like yes he's um he's like their only black player but he's also like a rookie So he doesn't have that, like, cachet to be like, hey, like, what the fuck is happening? Because he, like, he just got there. And that's really unfortunate that something like this would happen in his, like, first year.
0: With Keandre, it's just, it's so unfortunate because it just shows you that the stories that Wayne Simmons talked about of coming into the league and, like, just other players of color have talked about... Like the, it's it's still happening today. Why does Kandor have to deal with this? Like why does he have to be the bigger person to break up a fight? Like why does he mm-hmm. have to be the bigger person to have to deal and deal with this? Like why does he have to be the one to be in a locker room with people right. that are harassing him? And like you could say, oh, quote unquote, it's it's just hazing or it's just whatever. But like, hazing isn't at the end of the day. They, like they're all. Yeah, it's not. But then, then, like, this isn't a frat. This isn't, like, this is a job. Like, you guys are, like, you shouldn't be getting harassed at your place, like, your workplace. And, like, while I absolutely hope that the locker room, he does have people in his corner. Like, I meant, like, I just hope that this kid has, like, a strong family. Like, he just has people around him that will support him. Like, I know he needs support in the room, but he also needs it outside at home and like I just really genuinely hope he does because mm-hmm. w- what he's already had to go through is just so it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's upsetting to see and it's so fucking frustrating.
1: And and you just you just know that if Keandre or whatever were to step a little bit out of line, he wouldn't get the same amount of chances that tony (sighs) d'angelo has gotten like tony d'angelo has been on three teams the rangers have extended him and they even like they gave him like a warning or whatever because he i think he was upset because he was scratched after the first game and after that i think they were just like okay well if anything if you do anything else then then that's it you're out of here I'm just like, why would you give if if that's the case, if Tony D'Angelo is on this short of a leash, why would you give him five million dollars for two years?
0: Yes. And no yes, is, that no is no the one part, is trading yeah. for
1: him, hopefully.
0: Yeah. And they're like, oh, we'll eat salary if we have to trade him or and blah, blah, blah. Like, we'll get into that a little bit later. But that's the part that I don't understand. everyone's saying, well, like, oh, well, we th- they tried to trade him and they had to sign him. And it's like, "Mm, are you 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 sure? Because you like you were pretty happy to to give him that contract. And it's not even like he Yeah, and it's not even like he Like he played substantial minutes in that game against the Penguins. So it was like there's no like short leash, like you only did this because he assaulted a player or like he got an altercation with a player. Like it's just I don't know. Like they were saying, like, oh no, like we we're de- Like we're th- washing our hands of this guy. But it was like, nah, I don't know. And like, if he would have fight Miller, would they have done the same thing? That's what I wonder. Like, is yeah. it because he got in an argument with his white teammate? Right, uh, that's right. what I wonder. But I wanted to touch on this, Christy. You found the thread. So there's this thread. Right. <laughs> by Hockey, uh, Account for Hockey. If you, like, if you're into, like, trade rumors and stuff, you know this account. Um, we'll leave it linked in the, in the, um, in the show notes. But he goes on, like, he refutes a lot of the articles and the quotes from the Rangers and, like, kind of beat reporters Pushes. that the Rangers are trying to get, pushing, yeah, like, their their narrative. He where he like refutes all of them. Like talking about the um taking uh the puck because that was one thing that he definitely said stuff about how like um they didn't want to sign D'Angelo like that he refutes it all in this thread. It's a really good thread. Um and then he gives like background where he has like history of Rangers denying stories that can make them look bad. And um I just think this definitely gives what we're saying about how we don't trust the Rangers and how, like, they handle, m- they mishandle things a lot of the times. I think this just gives it a little bit more context. So we'll leave that in the show notes. But shout out to you for finding that, Christy.
1: <laughs> a team that picks him up or trades for him, they have to know that they're going to get a lot of shit, right? Like, why would you want this man in your locker room? Like, I understand he's because... not terrible at hockey, but it's just like he's not worth it. Like with the headache that he brings, he's just not worth
0: it. I feel like some organizations just feel like, oh, well it, it, it's kind of like Jack Johnson. Like he's not that bad. And like, I don't think that him, like all of the off ice stuff that br- comes with him. I don't think that they genuinely care. Cause I think a lot of them feel the same way.
1: Yeah. He's gonna like a lot days. of
0: hockey execs are racist and, a lot of hockey like organizations are racist. So yeah. he would honestly fit right in.
1: I they gotta I know it'd be like a bad PR move at the very least.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. My one question from this that I just feel like and maybe maybe you touched on it, but it's just like why did it take Tony D'Angelo going on waivers for the stories about like his treatment to Keandre to come out? And like that happens a lot when these stories come out, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have like one writer's like, "Oh, well, I also heard this." I've been like sitting on, and this. then so many, yeah, like so many other uh, writers or people are like, "Yeah, I can confirm that. I can do, yeah, absolutely." It's like so you guys all knew, and none of you reported on it. Why? Like that's so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like times like this. I'm like, hockey was a mistake. I'm going to take me and my son and get out of here. Yeah. I think...
1: I don't know. Like, if I try to... If I try to rationalize it or try to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: pretend that I'm a white man reporter, I, I would say that maybe they it's just like rumblings, right? Like they don't they don't have any confirmation or whatever. So you don't want to put a story like this out there if it's not if you don't have any confirmation or maybe they were just waiting for it to become a bigger story. But as as like we've seen, like it only takes one reporter actually saying something for it to become a bigger story, like with that kid from Arizona. Like that's how people found out.
0: Mhm. No, I, you're absolutely right. I just, it's so crazy that, I don't know, the NHL is able to manipulate the narrative of all the teams. It's, it's just so annoying. (laughs) It's so annoying. We'll never know the truth. It's so fucked up. Okay, Andre, if you ever want a trade out of New York to Pittsburgh, hit me up. I will drive you myself. All right, so speaking of that pairing that the Pittsburgh Penguins would desperately need, let's move on to the Penguins because they're not, like, they're also messy. Also, everybody. Okay, so Jim Rutherford dipped unexpectedly after, like, five years with the Penguins? Like, just dipped. was like, yeah, you know what, I resign. And... So here's the rumors, okay? (laughs) Many people are saying that he had a trade ready for Malkin and ownership said no. It's Sid and Gino, period. He's retiring a Penguin. They say this because Mario feels extreme guilt that Yager was traded and that they could never retire together and hang their jerseys from the rafter. So he doesn't want to make the same mistake with Malkin. Then we heard people say that he, uh, Jim Rutherford had a trade for Latang ready and ownership said no. Both rumors. We don't know. Um, then people were saying that Rutherford just, you know, he just had enough. He was ready to ready to peace out. He specifically said he wanted to leave on a good note. He didn't <laughs> want to leave on a bad note. He wanted to leave when everything was good between everybody. Um, we'll touch on that, but <laughs> my thing is that like we have so many rumors because Rutherford just won't say why he left. Like, just say why did you leave? It's, it's so abruptly.
1: He he saw what this team was. He actually looked around. Yeah. See what he did, and was <laughs> just like, "I have to go. I'm not gonna be the one to try to fix
0: this. <laughs> Somebody else can do it." I'm out, I'm old, like I'm, there like, is no years way old, yeah, there is no way there is no way to fix like he made such a mess, he made such a mess they have nothing. of this team, they have nothing to give, they need everything
1: they have nothing anybody wants, I mean besides like sigma, nothing like yeah.
0: It's we just have no money. The drama, of, like, Nothing. yeah, like the drama of him leaving. Like, when I saw the news, I literally jumped for joy. <laughs> I was so happy because this man who, ever since he traded a first round pick for Ryan Reeves, who I loved, loved his time on the Penguins, uh, he has actively made this team worse. I'm not gonna argue with that. Like, you know, like there, you some would some could say he made some good moves. And he made a good move, yes, but then he made five bad moves to dig the Pens deeper into their grave. And every at the time, everyone to say, well, they're in win now mode. They're in win now mode. There's a win now. There's a way to win now, and not have as little as the Penguins have.
1: Literally, they have nothing. Well, I I will say this. At first, I thought he was like. And I was just like, okay, he's really old. So maybe he was just like, you know, it's COVID. I have a young son. I want to be able to live on and be with him, see him off to college at least. He was just like, I'm out. This team fucking sucks. Goodbye. Yeah. Can't
0: believe regulation. That's how he's leaving. Literally. Yeah. It was the game, and I forget the game, but. I saw someone say he left because it was Malkin and Latang on a 3-on-0 and they didn't shoot and they didn't score in the 3-on-0. And I literally just wanted to kill myself because I was like, <laughs> I hate that reference. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, this team looks, this team is very, very depleted. It's so bad. Let's take a look Like they have at what he's yeah. left us.
1: Because I don't think yeah, people so, understand how bad it is.
0: Yeah. So And we'll circle back to the GM. We'll circle back to the GMs.
1: So they have hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Cap Space right now. They don't have their first round pick. Um, they don't have their third round pick or their fourth round pick or their sixth round pick. So they only have a second a second, a fifth, and three sevenths for next year. They do have they do have their um, 2022 first round pick and their 2023 first round pick. Any prospects we have? Um, what are their names? Sam, Samuel, Poulin, and then Nathan Laguerre. Le,
0: in terms of prospects, we yeah, and we need those prospects. <laughs> Right. That's the thing is that, like, <laughs> anybody who's tradable, we need. Like, we don't have just, like, oh, yeah, you can have this guy. Like, we need him.
1: And, like, honestly, I'm glad P.O. Joseph is working out right now and that he's kind of solidifying his place on the blue yeah. line because he was their biggest trade chip.
0: Yeah. I completely agree with you. I'm so happy <laughs> that they literally can't trade him uh because they have no defensemen. Yeah, I mean I just you know, I could I could understand if the team looked the way it did like draft pick wise, salary cap wise if if they were saying like we're we're in win now and we have a really good team. Like no this team needs something. Like even if everybody's healthy, this team needs more yeah because imagine this team everybody healthy against the Avs against Tampa against Boston against Toronto Toronto I was like thinking who's the top in that I hate that it's Toronto but yeah against Toronto like this team is gonna get destroyed no not even Toronto Toronto Against Montreal. A better Montreal than they played last <laughs> season.
1: <laughs> Montreal the has team. lost like two games.
0: Yeah.
1: Jesus yes.
0: Like, there's no way. There is no way. And I, I love so much of this roster. Like, I love the players. I don't love how it looks, but I love the players. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you have to be realistic. This team is not... I was talking to Angie Carducci, who covers the Penguins, and she was saying, like, this team at its best is getting into the playoffs and maybe makes it to the second round and gets beat.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's like a good, that's a, a, an accomplished season.
1: This team is exactly where they should be, like, fourth in the East Division.
0: Yeah. And their record, 5 4 and 1. That's like and, a sneeze over 500.
1: And it's like, they should be grateful that they're 5-4-1. Yeah.
0: Like, if they would have won against the Rangers in their last game, then I would have said this was a success. Like, we would have been like, this is actually successful. Yeah. And the killer about that last game is that they should have won. Yeah. Like a game they should have won, they lost, and a game they should they have lost. They played well. Win. They played well. They played well. They almost had that lead. But. So okay, <sighs> let's get into the roster. So, like we said, this team is has a ton of injuries. So right now, Chris Letang is day to day. Mark Matheson, Mike Matheson, sorry, <laughs> Matheson and Petterson are an are on IR. And then Dumo, Ricola, Zach Aston-Reese, and Evan Rodriguez are on LTIR. However, Drew O'Connor and... Kevin C. Yeah, Kevin C. got uh, put back on the taxi squad. So that means that Matheson, who was skating, is closer than we think. And... Zach Aston Reese might be available, which I would like to see, even though actually I really, I liked Drew O'Connor. I wish he would have scored in some of his games, in some of the games that he played, because I thought that he didn't look bad.
1: Okay. I do like Zach Aston Reese, though.
0: No, I think that's fair, and I especially think that Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Brandon Tanev Look good together. So I'm interested to see how that they look.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna ask. What do you think they're gonna do with the bottom six? Then
0: I think they would go back to that uh, fourth line, third line, and then you would see Jared McCann and Mark Jankowski back together, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then who's on their wing? I don't know. It could be me <laughs> Yeah, or Sam Lafferty, which I am not a fan of him too much. But it's not just injuries that are plaguing the Penguins. Their special teams is also a disaster. So currently they are 23rd in the league, um, clicking at 13.9%. Adam Gretz, who's a good Pens follow, tweeted out that shooting on the power play, like, everybody wants them to shoot, and, like, we're not going crazy because genuinely they're not shooting. He said they average uh, 67 shot attempts per 60 minutes on the power play, and that's dead last in the NHL. The next worst team has 72 shot attempts per 60, and only three other teams are lower than 80 80 shots.
1: That's,
0: like, one shot. A minute, <laughs> yeah, and their p k isn't that much better uh they, the the p k is ranked twenty fifth in the league, and that is clicking at seventy four point three percent and so again, when I say this team like roster fully healthy like these power these penalty comb power play numbers is not a team that is going to go far in the playoffs. I don't even think you can get into the playoffs with a power play and a penalty kill that bad.
1: Right. And I understand that when you are in the playoffs, the power plays kind of go away. But you do Mm -hmm. need them to actually get into the playoffs. And it's just... It's
0: so bad.
1: I think in one game, I think against the Rangers, they have like six power plays, and they didn't score on any of them.
0: No. None. Yeah. And... They let in a a penalty, a power play goal. So their penalty kill didn't even give them a solid. And that was, I believe that was the goal that put the Rangers ahead. That was the game-winning goal, was on the power play for them and the penalty kill for the Pens. So, yeah, not great. And Mike Sullivan, of course, in his very monotone way, said that that's something that they're going to work on. Currently, at the time of recording, the Penguins don't have a game for this like a week and that due to cancellations because of COVID. So not them, but their opponents. So like the Devils, they were supposed to play the Devils and that got postponed. And then the Islanders, because I believe the Islanders played... I'm not sure if the Islanders game got postponed yet, but I think that that that's their next opponent, but they don't play for a while.
1: But didn't the Devils just play the Sabres?
0: Yeah, and the saber the Sabres games got postponed. Hopefully, like Mike Sullivan said, they will spend some time practicing the pow- power play and practicing on the penalty kill. <sighs> and then goaltending, another sort of subject for the Penguins now listen both goalies are not having great seasons so far and a lot of that can be said uh, look at the defense in front of them because this defense is like Pio Joseph John Marino and duct tape so, so <laughs> I can definitely understand that that affects their save percentage and how they play Right, so right now uh, Jari is two three and one with a three point two nine goals against average and a save percentage at eight fifty nine. De Smith is three one and zero and has a goals against average of two point eight five and a save percentage of eight eighty two. And it came out from data from Top Down Hockey. Um, the lowest save percentages are the lowest save percentage above expected for February. Um, Jari and Smith are on the list of the the top 10 goalies that are have the lowest save percentage uh, above expected. So they're just letting in more goals than is expected of them based on their previous play. Again, it could be goal 10. I mean, defense, but... Goaltending is still an issue. Like, I mean, we could say in the game, the last game against the Rangers, DeSmith played well. He didn't play horrible, and the Pens still <laughs> lost. So um, it, this team, there's so many problems with this team. Jim Rutherford literally said, fuck it, and just left. <laughs> That's insane to me. That's and there's
1: no, there are no clear fixes. Like, they can't go out and get a goalie.
0: Yeah, like, what... So, let me ask you, what do you think is, like, the biggest... Like, what's the first move you would make if you were a GM?
1: I would try to get Vince done. I was going to say get a goalie. I would try to get Vince done because he's really good. And even if all of their defense is healthy, we saw what that looked like in, like, the first or the second game. And Mm -hmm. it didn't look very well, good like crystal tang was struggling mike matheson is not good petterson and marino their pair were struggling when they were paired together so i think adding like another good defenseman would help out both the goalies and the the defensemen that we do have who are struggling and it would kind of slot everybody back into their
0: place. Mm-hmm. I do think the emergence of PO Joseph is positive um, for for the Pens, but I do think that's a good move is to, to go and get to go and get um, Vince done. And he's a left uh, he's a left defense, which the Penguins have like only PO is a lefty so this would that would help and then marino would be able to play on his right side where he's comfortable so that would help but i mean especially if Dumlin's out long term i think that's a really good move for myself I, dude i don't know like that like every position needs it like has a need forward defense goaltending but I think the easiest would be to get Vince done because he would be able to fit under the under the cap. I just don't know what St. Louis would want for him. I don't know who we would have to be able to trade, especially because there's other teams that could offer more. But let's look at some positives, right? So we just talked about P.O. Joseph. I think he has looked better than expected. Yeah. I will say it's not too surprising just because of, like, first, he's a first-round pick. So, you know, and he spent a lot of time developing.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. He It was a long time.
0: Yeah, and I just felt like the Penguins were very... Intentional with him. They were very caution with him. Like, yeah, like, they were... Definitely giving him time to develop. And I don't think in anyone's mind they would have thought him to be a first pairing defenseman. His first, like, in within his first 10 games uh, with the team. But I didn't think he looked bad. Like, that Marino-Joseph pairing, I didn't hate that. Um, and I think that gives you a little bit He of... didn't
1: even look bad with um, Chad Ruedel. I thought they looked fine.
0: yeah. Yeah, I thought Ruedel's had a couple of really tough games yeah. where he's been taking a couple penalties and like you can't. Um but yeah, I mean definitely. And everyone keeps talking about there the pairing of the future. Dude, I don't know. I hope so, but they might be like we are asking out of this team. It's just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like in our like when we want to go win a cup and it's like fair I also you know what I will say I was definitely not a fan of the Tanov signing but that guy's insane like he he's just such a good he's like, he's just literally non-stop yeah. like that hit in the last game where like two Rangers hit him and the other guy bounced off him and got hurt like
1: how does that happen how are you not I mean I still don't like The length and the amount of money that was given to him, yeah. But he's been a surprise, definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know who else has been a
0: surprise? Yeah, yeah. He's not as like loud on the bench, I would say. Like he's not as talkative as Horny, but his style is is similar. I wonder if he like if have they ever tried him as the net front presence on the power play.
1: That would be interesting, because he did, he would, like, when he was in Winnipeg, like, people loved him. And it was, like, his underlying numbers weren't good, but he would always give you, like, a goal, like, when you needed it. Like, yeah. it would be, like, a well-timed goal. you would be like, oh, yeah. And then that's why Paul Maurice plays you so much. I see
0: it. <laughs> yeah. I think that Caspery Kapanen... Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, has looked good on Malkin's wing. And that was something that no one, like, this offseason, it was like, he's going to play with Sid or he's going to play on the third line. Like, that's it. And, like, that's, it literally <laughs> Sid or he's so many kids or, Yeah, like, literally, it's Sid or bust. And then, like, he goes with Gino and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Um, RIP Daniel Sprong, I see you in Washington scoring and I cry. I think that he's looked good there. I think the fact that Cappy and Zucker are getting going, I think that only bodes well for Malkin. I think that if they can if they can like figure out the power play, I think people will be able to leave Malkin alone. Because <laughs> yeah. he has made some questionable passes on the power play, but honestly he's not the only one. The whole team, on, That's the, all, all, all five do. of them, suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen Sid make some questionable passes as well. So everyone can calm down. But <laughs> besides, like Cappy and Tanev, is there anyone else that you think has been a bright spot?
1: I mean, I do like um, Jason. Jason Zucker, like I like him and Malkin together. Like I feel like they were just snake bitten while well, Malkin still kind of is. But Zucker, he's like, you know, he's getting his goals in a little, a little bit at a time. Like they have looked good or their numbers were good. They just weren't getting any goals. So that's where people were kind of on them.
0: Yeah. You know, I hate to say like, like, I, I hate to be like, well, what's going on with this player? But like, I mean, so, Jake Gensel, I would like to see him score more. hmm And I don't think that's unfair, you know? It's not. It's
1: not. It's okay. He has three goals in
0: 10 games.
1: You can say it.
0: Yeah. He has three goals in 10 games, and I just would like to see more. Um like, I don't like that. I, I feel bad calling them out because I'm like, anytime someone calls Malkin out, I'm like, shut the fuck up. But like, yeah, I could see why they're saying what the fuck's going on because he has five points in 10 games. We get it, but he's also old. So let's keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. So two things I wanted to get to before we wrap up. Tanov and the ghost story. Like, all right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> If you don't know, like, follow us on Twitter because we retweeted it. But Taylor Hayes, who we had on the podcast, asked Brandon Tanner. She was like, Yeah, you know, just quick question. Your stop, like, your the season's photo, like, what was that? Went viral. And your brother was like, he saw it he was asked about it and was like yeah it looks like he saw a ghost and Tanev was just like straight faced, like yeah actually that's exactly what happened like I saw a ghost behind the guy taking the picture <laughs> he didn't bust out laughing like I did but like he literally was like yeah I saw I saw a ghost behind the guy who took the picture and like he was like that was the first time I ever saw a ghost so like it was kind of crazy and that's why I have that look on my face and like straight completely straight face I've I'm still baffled to this day. Like, what? And then, like, that's it. Like, every, there's no follow-up. Like, <laughs> hey, so... Uh, what's going on with this ghost that was at <laughs> Team Pictures? Like, what's... Did anyone else see this ghost? That's just walking around PPG. I
1: mean, I believe him. He looked looks... Oh, oh, no.
0: I definitely believe him. But I'm just, like, shocked that he was just so chill about it. Because I would have screamed... And then when I saw the picture, I would have asked him to retake it. Like, the fact that he just, like, (laughs) went with the picture. Like, (laughs) is this guy okay? No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Quickly wrapping up, because I meant to talk about this earlier, but we just had to get to how bad the penguins are. So, with Rutherford dipping, they have an interim dm who is patrick alvin alvin is the first swedish gm in the nhl we love to see that that's crazy like they literally are so (laughs) it's out of control how much they will not like if you are even an inch different the answer is no um okay so let's go into some possible GMs. Sean Gentilly. He talked about Patrick Galvin, obviously. Then Chris Drury, Tom Fitzgerald, who is the Devils' GM. Ron Hextall, who is the King's advisor. Jason Botterill, who's an assistant GM in Seattle. And then Peter Shirelli. And then once I saw Peter Shirelli, I stopped because like no thanks. Um, so those are who he had down. And then. Elliot Friedman from 31 Thoughts, of course, had Pittsburgh in one of his thoughts. And he said that Pittsburgh will begin interviews. Um, and he said that we're still waiting for clarity on the Rangers assistant GM Chris Jury. If he's involved in the process, he's a serious contender. Um, then he also noted that New Jersey's GM Tom, F- Tom Fitzgerald will not be allowed to be talked to by the Penguins. Um, it, apparently, New Jersey is... Like, not, nah. they're. I guess they want him to be the GM full time uh, or extend him because they are not letting him, they're not allowing him to be available for the Penguins. Because <clears throat> if you don't know, the Penguins have to get permission to talk to any of uh, any persons who are working with a team currently. So they had to reach out to the Devils, and the Devils were like, nah. <laughs> So Freeman also talks about a couple of newer names to keep an eye out on, and it was former Dallas GM Joe Nuendike and Jason Carmanos, who was part of the Penn's front office until he was fired during the offseason. Um, Nuendike has a low, profi- low profile role um, in Carolina and Seattle over the last pa- f- few years, Um, But there are rumblings that Pittsburgh could talk to him. This was really interesting because, like we talked about, Jason Carmanos used to work for the Penguins, was fired. And then Elliot Friedman talked about how Jim Rutherford, who was on a podcast a couple of weeks before he quit, was talking about how Carmanos was like his go-between guy. Like, he would talked like he would bounce stuff off of Carmanos. He really got the brunt of Jim's like anger and stuff like that. And then when he was fired, Rutherford was like really sad that he had to fire him. And in honestly, in my opinion, from what I've read, it made it seem like he didn't want Carmanos to be fired. Mm-hmm. But then Elliot Friedman says that Carmanos and Rutherford apparently had a falling out and Carmanos was gone. And there's a theory that his absence contributed to a philosophical split between Rutherford and ownership because Carmanos wasn't there to act as a buffer. And so my thing is that, like, okay, I thought ownership fired Carmanos, but Rutherford fired Carmanos? And if Rutherford did fire Carmanos, that's fucking shady because that was his left-hand man. Yeah. Or his right-hand man. Jesus. And they've been together
1: since Rutherford was in Carolina.
0: Yeah, which that's crazy. The lack of the lack of clarity on the situation is so frustrating because there's so many theories running around in my brain. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So these are some possible GMs. Obviously, we don't know. Do you think that the penguins will pick a GM like this season or do you think they'll wait till after the season?
1: I'm thinking they might wait until after the season. This season it is what it is. Like they don't have much money mm-hmm. to work with. They don't have much wiggle room. So, and who even knows if this season's going to end. So, I feel like they might just wait it out.
0: Yeah. I for me, I think that makes sense too. I think that they should wait till the end of the season because there might be more people available. But Everyone is talking about how appealing the Penguins GM position is. But I mean, after we just talked about this team, it doesn't seem appealing at all. It's it seems like a headache. Ownership Mm -hmm. wants you to be able to win now, but you have nothing to help you win now. Like you have to be a very savvy GM and everyone in the league knows that you're trying to make deals and they don't, like... They don't like you. No one's going to help out the Penguins. Yeah, Yeah. no one wants to help help out the Penguins. So I think this is a really tough job. Um, It depends on the route everyone wants to go, like, ownership wants to go on, and clearly they don't want to rebuild because, I mean, if they're looking to rebuild, I think Ron Hexall's the best choice, but I completely understand why they wouldn't. And I can understand how like awkward that would be.
1: I was going to ask like who, like who out of the list that you kind of put together, you think would be like the best suited for the job.
0: The best suited for the job. I mean, it's weird because I would, I wouldn't be opposed if Carmanos was like, he would be on my short list. Um, Chris Drury would be a, a, a possible on my list just from name recognition. Um, And then, you know what, give me a little bit of time because I would actually want to see what Patrick Alvin mm-hmm. has to offer. I mean, he's been with the Penguins organization for so long. And, I mean, he knows this team. He knows the players. He knows, like, you know, what the gist of, of the team is. Maybe he can, but, you know, at the end of the day, like we said, there's a lot of hills to get over to – Make this team a contender. Yeah.
1: I was going to say Hextall because we don't have any prospects. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Hextall is very... Like, that. that's why I don't think ownership wants to look his way because, like, Hextall is serious. He's like, listen, no, we're going to fucking suck. And it's going to fucking suck. And we, we're we going to take bad contracts to get more draft picks. And the it is what it is. I think... The only, I think where Hextall is a little bit iffy to me is that I don't think he knows when the rebuild is over. Yeah, Like, yeah, I think yeah. he thinks it's, like, a little bit longer than it should be. And I get he wants to get as many draft picks as possible, but... And maybe the Penguins are different. Like, what if when Malkin and Sid retire, they go back to Hextall, and then they can really tear it all the way down? So any other names that... Catch your eye or any other things you want to talk about with the penguins? Nope. All right. With that, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe, maybe tell a friend. If you really like the episode, give us a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes. As always, you can reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Come say hi. We love talking to you guys. So we will see you on the next episode. Bye.